Chapter 20 of Dot and Tot of Maryland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Dot and Tot of Maryland by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 20 The Busy Mr. Split. When the boat entered the Sixth Valley of Maryland, our voyagers saw before them a forest of green trees growing close down to the river bank. These were so thick they formed almost a solid wall, and they had passed halfway through the valley before they came to a small opening or path running from the water's edge through the forest. To this spot the queen directed the boat, and soon it grounded gently against a pebbly beach, and they all stepped out and stood upon the narrow path. Isn't there anything but trees here? asked Tot. Yes, indeed, there is a very pleasant country behind the trees, answered the wax doll. Follow me, and I will guide your steps. So they followed the queen slowly along the shady path, while over their heads the branches met and sheltered them from the rays of the afternoon sun. This was gratefully appreciated by Dot and Tot, for they had left their hats in the boat, and wore only their golden crowns. After walking a short distance, the queen stopped suddenly, so suddenly that Dot nearly ran against her, and Tot bumped his nose upon Dot's shoulder. Looking ahead to see what was the matter, the children found lying across the path a bright green alligator nearly three feet long. Its back was scaly and made in short lengths, which were joined together in a peculiar way. While Dot and Tot were trying to make up their minds whether to be afraid or not, the alligator turned his head toward the queen and said gently, Step on my middle, please. With pleasure, returned the queen and she placed one of her kid slippers upon the middle of the alligator's back, and stepped to the other side of him. As she did so, the pressure of her foot made a faint squeak, and the alligator sighed with delight. Then he turned his head to Dot, and repeated, Step on my middle, please. Why? asked the girl, hesitating. So I can hear my squeak, of course, answered the alligator. If no one steps on me, I might as well have no squeak at all. It is now some years since I have listened to the music of my squeak, but each day I have crawled into this path as soon as I was wound up, for I knew that sooner or later someone was sure to walk down the path and tread on me. You look heavier than the queen, so perhaps I'll squeak louder. Let Tot try it first, said Dot. I'm afraid I'll break you. Oh, don't worry. I've been used so little that I ought to be in good condition, said the alligator. But Tot went first and gave his foot a great push as he stepped on the creature's body. The squeak was so loud and shrill that the alligator laughed from pure joy, and cried, Wasn't that splendid? I believe I have the finest squeak in the world. The person who made me knew his business all right. Who made you? asked Dot with quick interest. But instead of replying, the alligator winked his left eye at her three times, and murmured softly, Step on my middle, please. So Dot stepped upon his back, and being heavier than Tot, the alligator squeaked louder than before. Thank you, thank you very much, he called in a happy voice. I have never enjoyed myself so much since I was made. They walked on and left him smiling contentedly as he lay across the path, and before many minutes they reached a circular space of flat country where no trees grew at all, although the forest surrounded it on every side. Around the edge of the clearing were wooden barns and stables with their fronts wide open, showing stalls and mangers and stabling for all kinds of toy animals. One had a sign over the door reading, Fire Engine, and another, Police Patrol. 
the stables were all about as high as Tot's waist, and in some of them were toy animals and stablemen, while others were entirely empty. In the center of the space was a big merry-go-round, having thirty-four animals in rows upon its edge, all of which wore pretty saddles and bridles of bright red and blue leather. There were lions, elephants, tigers, deer, camels, horses, donkeys, and several other animals, all whirling around in pairs, while a barrel organ played sweet music, but no one was riding on any of the animals. Between the merry-go-round and the stables was a narrow, iron, railway track, built in a circle, around which was rushing a big tin engine, drawing a gaily painted train of tin cars, filled with tin passengers that never moved a bit. The rest of the opening in the forest was filled with groups of animals of all sorts, some standing perfectly still, some walking stiffly about, and others pretending to eat grass or slowly wagging their tails from side to side and nodding their heads up and down. Some were covered with real fur, while others were made of tin or wood and painted in natural colors. And near the spot where Dot and Tot were standing, they noticed a group of wooden rocking horses talking with their heads together, while they rocked gently to and fro upon their rockers, and back of them was one that had broken its rocker and was lying upon its side in quite a helpless condition. Almost in front of their path stood a black, woolly dancing bear upon one of its rear legs. It remained perfectly motionless, and the queen walked up to it and asked, Where is Mr. Split? He is in the forest winding up the panthers, and in the police patrol house oiling up the wagon, your majesty, answered the dancing bear in a weak voice. I have been run down now for over three hours, and expected at least half of Mr. Split to come long ago and start me going again. Ah, oh, but he seems especially busy this morning. Yes, there is a great deal of work for him in the valley, said the queen thoughtfully. There really should be four of him. But he has only two arms when he is hooked together, returned the bear, so there could not be more than two parts of Mr. Split that could hold a key. That is true, said the queen. Then she looked up and exclaimed, Here comes Mr. Left Split now. Hopping toward them with a wonderful speed, was the queerest man the children had seen in all this queer kingdom. He was not, in fact, a complete man, but just half of a man, as if he had been cut in two from the middle of his head straight downward. This left him one ear, one eye, half of a nose, and of a mouth, one arm, and one leg. He was dressed in a bright red suit, and carried in his hand a brass key. "'Even your match!' he cried out, as he drew near. "'Hap-see!' he meant to say. "'Good evening, your majesty. I'm happy to see you.' But there being only half of him, he spoke in but half of each word. "'Good evening, Mr. Left Split,' replied the queen. "'I see you are as busy as ever.' "'And am, anim, al, get, out, ord. By this he meant to say, "'Indeed I am. The animals are always getting out of order.' "'Please wind me up at once,' said the dancing bear in a complaining tone. "'I've been run down for three hours.' "'Fair, sore, but can't help remarked Mr. Left Split cheerfully, meaning that he was very sorry. He placed the key in a small hole at the back of the bear's neck, and wound it up tightly. As soon as he withdrew the key, the bear began to move its head by slow jerks from side to side, and to rest first upon one leg, and then upon the other, as if it were dancing. "'That's better,' it said in a more pleasant voice. "'I ought to run now until sundown.' Just then the queen exclaimed, "'Here comes Mr. Right Split.' and the children looked up and saw the other half of the split man coming out of the forest a short distance away. He also had a key in his hand, but when he saw the queen and her companions, he came hopping toward them, saying in his jerky voice, Ning, jesty, come, our, lay, which he meant to say, 
good evening your majesty welcome to our valley but being the right half of the man he spoke on the right half of each word as soon as he came up however there was an end of this mode of speech for the right half of mr split placed his flat side close to the left half's flat side and then with both hands he hooked the two halves together with little brass hooks then mr split looked more like a complete man although the left side was dressed in a bright red suit while the right side wore white so it was easy to see where he was joined together when he had fastened himself securely which he did with great rapidity the man spoke saying your majesty has found us as busy as ever the fact is these animals and cars and merry-go-rounds run down very quickly and they require so much attention that this is the first time we have been hooked together since early this morning it is the same every day but i try to do my duty and you will find this valley in good condition and everything properly cared for i am sure of that mr split answered the queen dot and tot had been so astonished at all this that they had stood perfectly still and noticing that mr split came toward them with his key raised and said briskly where are your keyholes my dears you must have run down oh no cried dot shrinking back we're we're alive oh that is different returned the man with a laugh i'm glad you are not too wound up for i am so busy now that there ought to be three or four of me instead of two you're funny remarked tot who had been staring at mr split thank you sir replied the man bowing politely what are you made of asked the boy curiously wood of course answered the man wood is the strongest and best material for that purpose my feet are beech my arms and legs are limbs of ash my body is pine and my heart is oak as for my head it is mostly chestnut although my hair is curly maple my eyes mahogany and my teeth hickory oh said tot you may notice my voice is very strong continued the man it is made of birch bark oh said tot and my hands are made of the rubber tree so i can wiggle my fingers easily and turn the keys to wind the machinery oh said tot if you had not told us this remarked dot shyly we should have thought you were made entirely of witch hazel the queen laughed at this and said now mr split if you will kindly gather some fruit and nuts from the forest for our supper we will ride on the merry-go-round until you return the man bowed and at once ran into the forest on his errand while dot and tot followed the queen toward the merry-go-round chapter twenty recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida